This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're going to be doing our our Chadwick Boseman tribute episode. Um, We were all saddened by the loss of a great actor. Um, uh, Was it last week? I've lost track of time here. Um, But, I mean, he was just such a... I mean, such a great actor to 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 die so young, um, and he's just an, an unforgettable character as Black Panther. And so we decided to just sort of um, do something, you know, just to you know push the schedule back and do a week here. We're going to do a Black Panther story, and so in honor of Chadwick Boseman, in tribute to his work and life, we're doing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what the actual title is. I'm using the one on the smaller trade. But we're actually looking off of the bigger collection. But it's uh, Black Panther colon The Client. Um, it's the first five issues in the big com- Christopher P- Priest co- complete collection. Um, and so uh, depends on how, how you get a hold of this story. You're going to be the, the, the that w- one volume trade or the big collection. But it's it's the client issues. Um, and we'll see if maybe that was a good place to... <laughs> Stop or not? <laughs> we get to the discussion. You may have made a tactical error. We'll see. Well, I messed uh, up. I read like the first six, so <laughs> I'm going ahead of you guys. Yeah, I, no, I stopped at five. <laughs> I, I, I did too. I didn't realize uh, I read the six one. Like, oh man, I want one too many. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that may reflect on your grade then, if you were reading extra. Um, so it's uh, it's time for the live-action Batman grades. Going from best to worst, these are our grades based on the men who have thus far played uh, Batman in live-action. Um, starting um, best to worst, it's Bale, Affleck, Keaton West, Kilmer, and Clooney. And Josh, you have the privilege of going first. And I'm super curious about these grades. You always call it a privilege. I hate going first on the grades. Uh, <laughs> I can go first. No, I'll go. It's good. I'm I'm giving this one an Affleck, uh, may, maybe Affleck minus, but it was good. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was kind of uh, a unique storytelling uh, aspect, the way they laid the story out. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So I'm going solid Affleck. Uh, I, I'm the same same range. Uh, Affleck. I kind of waffled on like what kind of Affleck. Maybe Affleck minus. I think I'm just going Affleck. Yeah. I've got some complaints. Not a perfect book. There's some issues, but it was a good time. Um, I found it a little hard to get into at first, but once I got into the story, it was a good read. Um, like you said, it's got a. Uh, it t- it took me a while to get used to the storytelling. As Josh was talking about being kind of a creative myth, it took me a while to get used to that. Once I figured out what was going on and how he was doing it, I had, I had a good time. So it's, yeah, Affleck, you know, high recommendation. And I agree with both of you guys. I actually went Keaton Plus, but I think it was a unique story. I do have a lot of picks. We'll cover it later. I think, guys, you guys know what most of mine are. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, but I, I do think overall, I think the story was really good. Yeah. All right, so that's a, that's a pretty high recommendation all around it. Two Afflicks and a Keaton Plus. That's a yeah. pretty solid. And uh, I said, before we move any further, I just want to say I do feel like that this is, um, of all the Black Panther stories I've read, I somehow I'd never read anything by Christopher Priest before. This feels the most like like the Chadwick Boseman Black Panther we saw in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels very much like what they were basing, like his characterization on was, was from, you know, this 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 run of Black Panther. But all right, um, so our creator credits are strange <laughs> i don't know what some of these things mean 
So it's written by Christopher Priest and art by Mark Teixeira on issues one through four. Not the baseball player, by the way, um, the artist. Um, unless that giant first baseman can, you don't know, you don't know what I'm talking about anyway. There was a, there was a first baseman and major league baseball player named Mark Teixeira for a while. Anyway, uh, Vince Evans did issue five. Um, storytelling was by Joe Casada. Don't know what that means in opposition to a writer. Uh, background assists by Aletha Martinez. Colors by Brian Haberlin and Avalon Color. Letters by Richard Starkings and Comacraft's Seobon Hanna on issues one through four, and then Richard Starkings and Wes Abbott on issue five. Um, so those are our creator credits. Um, I'd love to know what that storytelling extra thing for Joe Casada was. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've got a hunch, but I'm just curious what that, how that actually played out. But, they just want to tag his name to it. Yeah. Maybe just want to credit or some extra mm-hmm. revenue. Maybe, maybe you get like extra points on sales or something if you get your yeah. name thrown in the credits. But but uh, that's all you get um, spoiler free. So if you'll, uh, if you're hanging around past the Claxon, it's going to be full spoilers ahead. Time for the bite size breakdown. Uh, issue one. So the setup of the story is that Everett K. Ross is telling his story to his boss, Nikki. Basically, there are two plots going on. A charitable organization that Tatala has set up has been corrupted and a little girl has been murdered. Back in Wakanda, a refugee crisis has sprung up. Sorry. <laughs> Did you write them down like me? No, no I think spell check erased a word. Uh, Back in Wakanda, a refugee crisis has sprung up that is complicating things while he's in America investigating his troubles there. Plus, Ross doesn't have pants. Stupid spell check. So issue two, Mephisto and Ross are sitting on a couch making small talk while he has no pants. Black Panther is out on the street beating up drug dealers looking for their murderer. Flashback to the airport and Black Panther gets bad news that a chibi took over Wakanda while he is in America. Then they go out for Chinese and Ross gets mugged and loses his ID, finds the guy that stole it at a club and then gets in a mud fight with two girls and loses his pants. Mystery solved. And Zuri has to save him. Then they all get arrested. And then issue three opens with the Chebe uh, in one of the Wakandan refugee camps. And we find out that he's scheming against Black Panther. Ross tries to take off the devil's pants while Black Panther <laughs> confronts a murderer. And by confronts, I mean he sets him on fire and throws him out of a top floor window, only to save him at the last second. Mephisto then tempts Black Panther to trade for his soul. All right, issue four. The rogue Hatu Zarase fight T'Challa and lose. And T'Challa is informed that Achebe is on the tip of the iceberg when it comes to his troubles back home. The murder plot is resolved when that dirtbag turns himself in. We learn about naked banjo time, and Mephisto's pants are a whole thing. Uh, Mephisto begins to mess with Ross's head by sending him back through some painful memories. T'Challa comes to the rescue and punches the devil out, rips, us out, rips out his heart, and Ross puts it in the fridge. Then they're all magically transported to Mephisto's room. And, so, and then I got there. Ross and Panther are in hell fighting Mephisto. While they are there, Zuri looks for a snack and starts eating Mephisto's heart. Panther sees a memory of where his father... <laughs> was killed in a battle and how they help and how he helped stop the fight as a boy. Panther agrees to sell his soul for the safety of his people, but it's a trick and Mephisto has to to back out of the deal. Panther's mom calls and tells him to stay there 
in America because she has been given shared power of Wakanda, but it, it turns out she is working with the Chibi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All that stuff. Happened. I'm glad we all mentioned the devil's pants. The devil's pants. Was- <laughs> yeah. That was good stuff. Oh, I'll, yeah, we'll get into it. I'm, that might yeah. come up later. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's more places to talk about that. All right. It's time for the graphically novel Pyramid. And these are the elements we believe a graphic novel needs to be a good graphic novel. And those are story, art, and characters. Josh, lead us off on story. Before we start on that, though, I have to say, though, that was our best breakdown we've done. There's actual breakdowns. I think that come out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I I think we're getting the hang of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. It's about time. (laughs) No, you're fine. All right. So the story. uh, Jamie, me and you both already mentioned it. Uh, It's kind of hard to get into. The first issue and even halfway through the second one, I wasn't 100% what was going on. I didn't really have a grasp on how this story's played. I was kind of confused. Uh, and the setup is Ross is telling the story of what happened over the last couple of days to his boss. But as he's retelling the story to her, he keeps jumping around. So we're following his flashbacks, and it's kind of all over the place at first. And I didn't really realize that it's him telling the story. Uh, once you get into that groove and you realize what's actually going on, I thought it was creative. It worked. It was funny. I you know, felt like you were somebody was telling you a story, and you're like, hey, can you go back and tell me what happened? You're not doing this in chronological order. Uh, so I thought it was fun once I got going. And, uh, man, that was a twisty story. It had me guessing all over the place. I wasn't sure what was going on. It, it had a lot of surprises, and I, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was a, a strong part of the pyramid. I agree. I, th- I think it was a really strong part of the pyramid. And I did like how they told the story. It didn't take me long to get into it. It only took me like a page or two. I realized what was going on. So I, I really enjoyed how it was going back and forth. And Ross is kind of a bumbling idiot, just kind of fumbles his way through everything. And it brings a different side to an, an action hero, superhero kind of story with him in there telling it from his point of view. I really did enjoy that. I, I, I just thought that was so awesome. Yeah, I, I don't think we get anything from Black Panther's point of view, right? Not, this is not strictly really. a retelling of Ross and his experience yeah. with it. Yeah. It's, and then in the story that it's like when it is Black Panther, like focused on him, whatever, it's secondhand from what Black Panther told Ross. So he's like, you know, it could be a little different or whatever, because he even says that a couple times. This is what I was told. Then he goes into <laughs> like, you're following Black Panther, you know? Right. And I did, I did really enjoy how it was all broke down. It was an interesting story. So, I mean, I have no complaints. I thought the story was the strongest point. I felt like it got a little convoluted. Um, and not just because it was an unusual, you know, storytelling method. I just felt like, like after issue two, like every issue, there was like somebody else behind the Chebe's plot. It just like got to be a little too much. Um, mm. It was a, li- a little convoluted. Um I did like the creative storytelling method. I was, I was a little bit prepared for it because Christopher Priest writes novels as well. I've read a couple of his novels, and they're always like you know written for like a, with a weird sort of storytelling, uh, you know, convention to it. Um, but it wasn't obvious at first like which was like the present time frame, what was when. So that took me a while to figure out which was flashbacks, which was like actually happening right now. Right. Um, and I, I think it was when issue two started. And I realized this is all him sitting with Nikki talking. Like none of it's right. actually happening anymore. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it, it took a minute to figure out like what was present. You know, I realized we were jumping around, but like okay, but which is actually now? That yeah. took a minute. Um, but I do think it was genius to have Ross be the point of view character because 
you know, th- this T'Challa is so stoic and so noble and, you know, reserved that I think if he, if everything from his point of view, it could have been boring or it, we just wouldn't have had the same kind of fun to it. It could have still been a good story, but it wouldn't have been the same, you know. <laughs> wouldn't have been in his entertaining. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it is a very strong part of the pyramid. And I think my, my hat goes off. When somebody tries something this creative and it works, uh, you just get a lot of credit for it. So, I, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think the story premise really highlights Black Panther, as you said, his nobility. Like, he's willing to put so much on the line for the death of one child. Like, you see how honorable he is and how much he cares about people. Uh, but then it shows off his cunning because he was a couple steps ahead of Mephisto. I think he knew he was behind pretty early on. So, I mean, it shows how honorable he is and how much he cares about people. But then it also shows that he's pretty smart, too. You know, he's not, you know, I think he's kind of Captain America, but maybe even a little smarter. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might be a little better at planning ahead. Uh, yeah. So, and I thought that story kind of highlighted some of his characteristics, even though we didn't get a lot of time with Black Panther. Or even a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think that's I, mean, I think it's good we chose this one for our Chadwick Boseman treatment because I think the, the quiet strength kind of thing that's here in, in this, this priest version is I mean that's that's what Chadwick Boseman was doing in the movie. Right. Um, he wasn't over the top. He wasn't overly expressive. There was that quiet confidence. You know that just I I know what I am. I know what I'm capable of. I don't I don't have to prance. I don't have to preen. Uh, right. I'm just gonna get stuff done. Um, but. I had a point I was building toward and I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wow. Yeah. It'll come back in about 20 minutes. <laughs> After we're done recording. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the way it always goes. Uh, anything else on the story? No. Uh, well, this is a good point to bring up. Sam, you read issue six. If anybody's following along, is issue five a good stopping point or does each issue six kind of count for this initial? Six five. counts towards this. It, Does it, it, it? We should it, have read six as well. Yeah, because I, I didn't realize because I'm looking at my notes right now ahead a little bit. Some of my art and characters are based on five and six. Six, six, well, six does weird. go into it a lot. Five on the smaller like it had a decent stopping point. That's yeah. why I was asking because to me it felt like that was a full story. Like the first five felt like the like a complete yeah. volume. There, there's more more to six that ties into the story. I'm thinking about now. I'm looking at some of my hmm. story storyboard uh, notes I got here, and some of my art notes are five and six specific. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Thought I would ask that because somebody read ahead. <laughs> I, I didn't mean. To, I really didn't. And I started writing yeah. my notes and stuff, and and then I'm, I'm looking at my notes now, and that's when I caught it. Like, man, we was talking about it. I should have right. read six. Well, oh, I, I remember I'm planning I, on finishing the whole thing. I'm going to. I think I'm going to read the whole story we got. Yeah, okay. I think I'm gonna read the six, whole thing. Is six, I think six and seven still gonna tie into it because I don't think it's, it didn't finish with six neither. Okay. I, I remember my point. I was building no, toward. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, so like the the thing that Black Panther has that a lot of superheroes don't have is he's not just the superhero. He's also the head of state. You know, he's the king of a country. He's got mm-hmm. he's got different pressures on him, different th- things to take into account that others do. And I, I think that the way Priest wrote this story really shows that. Um, so he, he has like, you know, different burdens than like you mentioned Captain America that he would have. And so mm-hmm. like he feels a different pressure for that girl that was, you know, brutalized. I mean, he feels a different kind of accountability for that. Yeah. But other heroes right. would because, because he's I mean, the organization he founded was, was a Wakandan organization. And he feels responsible for it all. 
and the pressures back home are because he's the head of state there. And uh, so he's got all these other things affecting him that most superheroes don't. And so right. I just, I, I think Christopher Priest portrayed that very well. Yeah, that's a good point because not only, you know, you're doing your superhero action, you got to think, is this right or wrong? Also, you got to think, I'm the leader of a country. Am I going to start a war with another country by my actions? You know, so you kind of, you got a lot of extra weight you have to put behind your decisions. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Jamie. Okay, what, hold on. What's time marker? Let me mark that down. All right. <laughs> <laughs> going to clip that out. That'll be my ringtone on my phone for now on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Uh, our next section is art, and I'm glad I'm going first and not Sam. Um, I can predict some of Sam's comments. Um, it took some getting used to. Um, the I think the first issue, uh, Mr. Teixeira, hadn't quite got the feel for um, what he was trying to do here. It looks kind of muddy at times, um, just not very clear. Um, and I, di- I never liked the way they drew Achebe. Um, it just made me feel uncomfortable. Um <laughs> It felt like a really old school stereotype. I mean that that mm. we don't do anymore. But this this book isn't that old, so you can't right. even say like a product of its time kind of deal. You don't even have that excuse. This is you know early two thousands. Um, I think that uh, not ninety was wasn't it? No, I think so. That had come out like ninety four, ninety five. But anyway, still on, on yeah. his art, I think they were trying to make him look possessed or like he, he was a demon. I think they was going for something else and it fell through on that side of the art. Anyways, I didn't interrupt what your thought was, but I wanted to get that out before I forgot. 98. That was the right thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it just, I don't know, maybe feeling comfortable. Like I've seen like those old style, like 40s and 50s movies mm-hmm. where they're, you know, I mean, just, just are flat out racist. And it kind of felt like a Tebe was like a caricature of one of those type characters. And I just, I, it made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, uh, but I think the action was clear most of the time. There's a few places it got that got a little muddy as well. It's hard to I had trouble figuring out what was going on. Um, face art was really solid. Um, I feel like the color work could have been stronger. Like it was too muted sometimes. Um, like things were dark that shouldn't have been dark. I'm like like and I get but like sometimes like and things could have popped more than they actually popped like than they did. Um, so the color work was just a little bit too muted. But it did get better as it went along. I felt like um, it's like the, the art kind of solidified. Like they were trying. It's like it's like they're trying something new. It didn't get quite figured out until you know a couple issues in. Um, but I didn't hate it. Um, I thought it was solid. <laughs> yeah, it, it's solid art. I mean, I, I'll jump in here real quick. I won't go last this time. I'll let Josh go last. <laughs> so I won't we'll wrap this up quick. on a positive note. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually, in my notes, I'm gonna take some of it off here because six is a different beast. But anyways. I thought one through three, I actually liked it. I thought dark, the setting, like you're talking about being muted and all that stuff, gave a different feel to the story because it was like he was trying to solve a murder and he was depressed, he was angry, he had all these emotions going through him because of this child's murder and he's trying to solve his case. So you're at street at the night, the drug dealers and all that stuff. So I thought it had a really good tone. Then as I started going, like issue five was completely different than all the other ones. I hated the way they drawed all the guys, especially Zuri. I think they really changed Zuri. Because he was smaller, gray-haired, and all that stuff in the fifth one. They like they really missed a mark with five, I think. Yeah, that was the that was the guest artist issue. Yeah, and I did not like that one at all. Like, absolutely hated that one. But anyways, but the first three I thought were real solid, and four was changing, and five was terrible. <laughs> Go, Josh. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
No, I, I, I like the art. I like this style. I think this style may not have been executed perfectly, but that style of art I, I enjoy. Uh, I will say I'm surprised, Jamie, you didn't point it out or Sam, that uh, Ross, it was his head was not the right size for his body most of the time. The proportions got off, mostly with Ross. Mm-hmm, most of yeah. the other characters seemed okay. Uh, and sometimes he looked like Ray Liotta, and sometimes he looked like a Tobey Maguire type character. Like <laughs> Ross was all over the place. I don't yeah. know if they ever decided who they were who they were working with him. Uh, but Black Panther always was spot on. I think he yeah. always looked good. And uh, Mephisto, I thought he looked good. I think they went a little lax with detail sometimes with him. Like yeah. if they were like they were doing like a zoomed out where they're kind of doing a broader. Uh, picture that uh, the detail got lost on him, but I thought his color was the best. When Mephisto was in the panels, that had the best color. Yeah. Uh, Even his whole yeah. range looked really good. Yeah, it really did. Uh, I, I thought it was solid art. I mean, it had some stuff. Uh, yeah, issue five, I think whoever that guest artist was, they didn't... Uh, that may not be their strong point, that style. That may not what? be... Yeah, I, I think I know what happened there. I think they were trying to keep a consistent art style, so they asked, I guess, artists to try to imitate Teixeira's art, and yeah. it wasn't his normal style, and so it right. just it didn't work out. It kind of got out imitate, of sorts. Yeah. That's, to and that's what it looks style. like. That's kind of what yeah. it looks like. Uh, yeah. but, but it was never, like, bad. There was never anything I looked at was like, man, that's that looks rough. There, there wasn't any particular panels that I thought just were really bad, uh, but, I mean, it, it could have been better. Could have been better. I think. Yeah. I think Black Panther is really intimidating. Like when he's doing his menacing yeah. poses and stuff, I'm like, man, yeah. they knocked that one out of the park. Well, it's one of the greatest costumes in yeah. superhero comics. I mean, it's just it looks tough. It's easy to make it look tough art wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I bet. Good. Now I was gonna say I don't know about the decision for the mini cape. I don't like the mini cape. Yeah, they don't emphasize it a lot of most of the time though. You don't. It's yeah. not really featured that prominently. Right. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't love it. Like, yeah, you know, like, like Captain Marvel have the mini cape. You don't need. It. <laughs> yeah. Shazam and Black Adam can rock the mini cape. Nobody else needs to. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, 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 just, I, just, I bet like artists just kind of line up to to draw Black Panther just because it's such a cool look. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when he's like jumping off the rooftops or just coming out of alleyways, it's just so intimidating. It's yeah. yeah. And I liked uh, I liked the uh, mask they did on this one. I thought it had a good shape to it. I think sometimes it can be a little too flat, but you don't want it too like pronounced of a snout, like an actual cat, like an actual panther. I think they had a good mix of that mask. I thought it looked really good. Yeah, I think um, I don't remember who it was, but on the um, on the Tommy Hesey Coates run, the um, the artist there did a slight redesign to the Black Panther. Number one, they lost the cape, which was awesome. <laughs> um, but they did a little bit of different stuff with the mask. I think it, I think it looks even cooler now. Oh really? Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Sam. Characters. Uh, what you got, bud? All right, so characters. This this. I mean, there's really only a few characters in here. You got Ross, the main guy telling a story. He's definitely a character. I mean, he's he's all over the place. <laughs> then you got Black Panther. I mean, Stoic King, all that stuff, and on his mission. But other than that, I mean. Really wasn't a whole bunch out there. I mean, there's a bunch of characters, but normal cookie cutter stuff like Zuri, the bodyguard, the loyalist. You got the two other the the girls, where they're called the wives in training. They didn't do nothing. They just walked around and kicked butt with him. I mean, <laughs> I don't feel like there was a whole lot of characters in this story, honestly, that done anything. 
Well, I, I think what I liked is that they're all so distinct. Like none yes. of the characters were like each other. Like everybody's had their own sort of. Even if there was much development or a whole a whole lot of characterization, except for the door Melage, except for Nokia and Okoye, everybody else was like you know really distinct and different. I, I liked that. Everyone had a lot of personality. Like even mm-hmm. Zuri, who was could have just been this big tough guy, you know, lurking in the background, looming over everything. I mean, he's eating the devil's heart. I mean, he's yeah. jumping into mud wrestling, you know, rings and stuff. I mean, there's just a lot going on there. Sleep, sleeping through half the story. <laughs> that was pretty funny. He was giving history lessons to Ross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, this is probably about one of my biggest complaints, though. Um, I just think the whole storyline with Achebe is just weird because he, he's such a goofy character. And that somebody that goofy and that just weird and he feels like a Looney Tunes character. Mm. Um, I just don't think you feel like I could, I couldn't believe, I mean, I, I can't buy that a Wakanda has been run by T'Challa for all these years would just jump to following a Tebe. I just, I don't Roll see over, that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't buy it. Yeah. And so that for, for me, that's the, my biggest complaint for the whole story is I don't know. I just, I, I can't buy the Tebe storyline. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. And uh, you guys are right. There's not a lot of, a lot of character work in this. We kind of got who we got and we get to learn about those people, uh, but there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, and I was getting, I feel like this may have been a little bit of an influence for a John Wick character. I feel like this version of Black Panther, he's stoic. He's a man of extreme focus. He sets his mind, gets it done. I mean, that's kind of how they describe John Wick. He's a man of extreme will. He sets his mind to something, it gets done. I was kind of drawing a parallel. I don't know if I'm, out no, field with that one, but I was kind of, yeah. I felt like that may have influenced the writers of John Wick just a little bit, uh, this run. Uh, but Black Panther was good. I wish we would have got a little bit more with him. Uh, I know, like you said, Jamie, he's so stoic and stuff that there's not a whole lot you're going to get from him in this story, I don't think. Uh, so I think putting the, the main emphasis on Ross was a good deal because he's a funny character. He's one of those guys, he's annoying, he's a little bit rude, he's kind of all over the place, but for, somehow he still comes off as likable. Like, he's still, yeah. like, you know, I enjoy when he's on the panels. Like, it's still yeah. fun for me, even though he's kind of a doofus. Uh, so I thought that was cool to make him the main focus. Uh, and then Mephisto, I thought he was sufficiently intimidating. Like, when yeah. he's just sitting there on the throne so with weird. the skulls by it was It was kind of weird and out there. Those two characters together, man, that was... I didn't think that was going to work when I saw them. But then the more time they had together, I was like, this is a pretty good idea. Like, you guys, that was smart. But I, I think it was brilliant to have that juxtaposition of Ross, the little dweeb, you know, petty bureaucrat. And it was like, you know, noble, you know, powerful, stoic, you know, T'Challa playing off of each other it just it worked so well yeah they kind of adopted him too i like that too they took him under his wing well yeah like when uh when zuri jumps into the yeah. mud wrestling pit he yells for like for wakanda for Tatala, <laughs> and for everett k ross <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> he's an anointed one now he said yeah uh, ross like, i didn't know that <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean i think all the corners of the pyramid are strong i'm i'm probably gonna say story's strongest but I, I didn't think there were any, I mean, other than like I, me not digging the Achebe storyline, um, I don't think there were, I mean, there are no major flaws uh, in this thing. I think like I think if that had just changed Achebe's character a little bit, it would have worked better. But they, they made him cartoonish. They kind of made him just off. 
He didn't. He didn't fit. Yeah, like when thing. he was holding the puppy up when they were doing the camera the shoot, and the wasp yeah. flies around, and he's like swinging the yeah. puppy at the wasp. I'm like, you really think Wakandans are gonna, you know, oh, be like, oh, that's, that's the guy that should take T'Challa's place? Like yeah. that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't really add up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing I said right when I when I couldn't buy it. I mean, that's one of the scenes that most stood out. Like, yeah, mm. the Wakanda people aren't following this dude. There's yeah. no chance. Plus, he's been two or three years working with Mephisto to take over Wakanda and set these plans in motion, but then he can't hold it together for five minutes in front of a camera. <laughs> like, you know, what what character is this? Is he mastermind or is he just you he's know fly off the handle at the drop of the hat? Huh. Who, who, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, before we move on, I just wanted to talk one last comment on characters. Um, did you all think that Turk looked completely different in every issue? Yes. Or Torque, or whatever his name Torque. was, the detective? Yeah. Because the I first mean, one, he was speaking Spanish. I thought he was like a, a Spanish cop. And yeah. then uh, later on, he was white. And then, like, I don't know, he was evolving. What? Well, the hair, the hair color and hair, like the length stayed the same, but like sometimes it was like super straight. Other times it was more flowing. And he had dreads sometimes once. it was blonde. Yeah, he had dreads once. It was sometimes really dark. he was kind of slim. Then sometimes he was big muscle guy. Yeah, that was. Yeah. And the, the artist only changed one time. So I don't know what, <laughs> what that was about. I don't know, but he did. There, he there was a couple of panels of close up of his face, and I thought that was some of the best face art was his. It, w- it wasn't consistent, but there was a couple panels of his face. I'm like, wow, that looks really good. You know, who is this again I'm looking at? And I was like, oh, that's Torque. <laughs> what does Torque look like today? Right. Uh, all right. You want to give us some awards? Let's, Let's do, it. do it. Jinx. Double jinx. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> I'm do it at the same time every week now. All right, uh, Josh, best cover. cover. All right, we're going to go the cover of issue two on page 24. It's the one with Mephisto looming over the city on fire, with Black Panther in the foreground. That is a good one. Now, I couldn't find anywhere where it said who did the covers. Do we think it's just Tashera doing all the covers? Sure. Yeah. I, he's got like brass knuckles that's got his name on it. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come out and say I wasn't blown away by any of the covers. None of them really were super great. Uh, I thought this was the, this one caught the, my eye the most. I think it was mostly the color, the blue and red contrast between the sky and the fire. I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, I completely agree. I, I, I found all the covers underwhelming. Um, just didn't, didn't love them. Um, I, I went with cover one, page three. Um, I love the the big super like disco collar he's got going on there, yeah. And that's the least goofy the cape ever looks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like that uh, his foot on the wall looks more like an actual like panther's paw mm-hmm. than normal. Yeah. It's just a cool little thing there. Yeah, that almost looks like a Doctor Strange cape with the giant cowl coming up behind his head. Yeah. It looks a lot like the movie one too. Mm-hmm. Movie costume. Right. Sam, what was your best cover? So I went with page, what's that? Forty-six, issue three. And what drew my eye to this one was the thing, Human Torch and Black Panther. Their poses and the way they are drawn. I thought that was some of the best art in the whole thing. I actually liked this cover a lot. That was my runner-up. That was the other one I, I thought about going with. Well, if you and there's a lot going on in this panel. If you look like it's 
Mr. Fantastic's arm wrapping around behind the thing going towards Black Panther. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they've done really good with all this. That one looks a little bit like Alex Ross style mm-hmm. art. I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, next award is best character, and I'm going to be Captain Obvious. I'm going Black Panther. Um, I just, it's such a cool character. He's noble and tough. Um, and I love that he has the extra dynamic of, you know, the, the superhero Avenger stuff. And also like, I'm a king ruling this, you know, you know, super advanced isolated nation. I mean, there's a whole lot going on there. Um, I just, I just love the way that the different priorities and pressures and different considerations that other most, most of these type of characters don't have like pull on him. Um, so yeah, I just, and he's just a cool dude. Yeah. I like his dedication and focus on finding the murderer of one child. Yeah. So, but you know, and I agree with you. I think Black Panther is the best. I figured I also was going to pick Black Panther, so I picked somebody other than him, just just in case we all agreed. So I went with Zuri. I li- I liked him. I thought he was the loyal, uh, hothead, just ready to always throw down. He, he was there. He was the solid dude, and and he he was funny unintentionally. He didn't realize like he was eating the heart and some of the stuff he done. <laughs> We jumped in the mud pit. We were just talking about the, yeah. the girls. I, I just, I like, I like his character. Yeah. But Black Panther is the right answer. Yeah. Black Panther is the right answer. And, uh, Jamie, you, you already explained why. Uh, so like you Sam, I had a backup. I had Ross as a backup yeah. just, just so we could talk about something different there. Cause he, he was just very entertaining to me. Uh, he, he, he was always, that's when I think I got the most engaged with the story is when he was on there doing stuff. That's when I thought it was the funnest. Yeah, I just love how that dynamic works between the two of them. Just how different they are, but how they seem to have some some kind of working relationship, you know. But <laughs> right. yeah, it was just the the contrast. I think really brought out the best in both of them. Um, it was for entertainment purposes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not sure Ross came out to the good in any of this, but uh. <laughs> all right, uh, Sam, uh, best panel. What do you got, bud? All right, so I done a panel and a full page. I done one of each because there's a couple really good full pages. But for my my panel, it's page twelve, panel one. The first time you see him in the suit. Page twelve, panel one. He's yeah. walking that. Because at first he's like walking down the alley in his suit, and then next panel he's in his uh, cat suit, panther suit, whatever you want to call it. And that yeah. just that's menacing right there. Yeah, and the cape don't even look terrible there. Like I'm not, not even mad at the cape there. <laughs> Yeah, that was I was I had two I couldn't decide between it was one of them. So thanks, Sam. You helped me yeah. out. And uh, I meant to mention this in the art section. I like how he's in his normal street clothes, his normal suit, and then he have like he just kind of fades out where you can't see him, and then he's popped into his panther suit. I like how you never actually see him going Change. through the transition. Yeah. I don't know how the, how his panther suit works in coordination with his civilian clothes, but I think it was cool how they just have him kind of phasing into him. I thought that was a neat neat uh, neat trick. Uh, but as far as my best panel, I did not pick uh, a panel and a page. I just went to a straight full page spread, and it's page 57. And he's when he's kicking the child murderer out of the top floor window. Yeah, that's my full page also. Yeah, was it? Okay. Yeah, that I had one, a panel and that's my full page. Uh, the look on his face, I know it's behind a mask, but he just looks. He finally Angry. broke his stoic nature, and he's showing some anger. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that really make him good. up again. That may come up again later. Um, <laughs> uh, so my best panel <clears throat> is on uh, page 22. 
Um, it's when uh, Ross answers the door in his underwear and Mephisto is standing there <laughs> looking terrifying. And the door frame's on fire. I mean, it's just... <laughs> he's there with holding his gun all funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then the he's next like, page, well, he slams the door the in door. his face. He's like, in Zarya's view. But I, I think that's probably the best colored page in the whole book. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. All right. Yeah, that was real good. Right, Josh, why don't you lead us off on best dialogue? All righty, I'll do it. And, uh, I'm not going to oh, read wait, it wait, all. Hold, hold, hold up. Sam had a full page too, didn't you, Sam? Yeah, 57. Josh picked it. That was his big Oh, okay. Panel. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm afraid I was skipping yeah. you. No, no, no. You're good. Uh, but the uh, my dialogue is on page 56, and I'm not going to read it all because it's a decent amount, but it's where Ross is talking about how if it had been in Wakanda that he would have just taken care of the uh, guy that murdered the little girl. He would have just, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong and you do what needs to be done. But he's in America and he's got to follow the laws. And, you know, this guy's going to get, you know, a trial and he's going to go to court and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, you know, he's had enough of it. He's tired of that, uh, tired of the American way. And uh, I just thought that was good to kind of show the difference in uh, how you do stuff in Wakanda when you're Black Panther and how you do stuff when you're, you know, in America. All right. Um, mine is on page 15. Um, it's the very top panel there. Uh, it, it's just, it sort of sets the tone for the level of humor we're going to have in the book. And so it's when uh, Ross is talking to Nikki. Nikki says, giant rats, teenage Amazons, the client tossing drug dealers, and Satan. You left out Satan. That's important. And then you lost your pants. Wrong. First we went out for Chinese takeout. Then I lost my pants. Let me try to put that in my breakdown, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah it kind of sets the tone for the whole yeah. you know, level of humor there. Yeah, that was good. All right. Uh, uh, same? So, mine's a big, long one, too, like Josh had, so I'm not going to read it all. So, it breaks down to this. It's page 34 through 35. And what I like is that they're talking about uh, T'Challa here. It says, from childhood, he'd been taught to keep a lid on his emotions, and he got so good at it that you might misread restraint from indifference. The, the, sorry. The discipline was to always be one step ahead of the next guy. Being caught unaware was indignity that the client couldn't afford, and that was what was on his face. And then, like, the very next page, you see Zuri screaming, treachery! Like, how soon do we depart for Wakanda, my liege? And you got Ross over peeing his pants a little bit, and he goes, blood in the uh, streets is always a special treat. Pin between the maniac and the icicle, I suddenly realized they were both feeling the same thing. And that really shows the difference between the two people, how they reacted to the same feeling. I I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was good. Uh, You you can kind of tell that, you know, Christopher Priest is a novelist as well, because some Mm -hmm. of those big, long text boxes, they're, they're really artfully done. Yeah. All right, so our first um, episode-specific award is Best Black Panther is a Bad Dude Moment. And um, you all have both already made reference to uh, my moment over and over again. But it's uh, pages 54 through 60 when uh, T'Challa confronts the child murderer, um, who's just the worst human, and you probably shouldn't have caught him before he hit the ground. (laughs) But Yep. Um, but the whole, but the whole con, the whole confrontation, the whole thing, the way he, you know, throws the pictures on the dude, the way he sets him on fire, 
Um, they, they chase him through his penthouse, and then he throws him through the window. Then he jumps out after him on page 57, and then he even takes him to the girl's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, just that whole thing is just, that's a bad dude making all that happen. Yeah. yeah. It's things I got the same thing. I know we talked about it before, but it, the dude's sleeping in his bed, gets woken up by being set on fire. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's running through his house on fire, and then he gets kicked out of his own window from the penthouse. Yeah. That's a bad dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Now, I, I had a different one because I already picked that for my best panel. Uh, I go uh, go over to page 84. It's where uh, Ross is sitting there with Mephisto. And he's like, well, I guess maybe you're not so bad. And then Black Panther busts in and Ross starts shouting, kill him, kill him. Uh, he said, do you want me to call the Avengers? And Black Panther says, why? And Ross says, why? <laughs> and then Black Panther just runs over and knocks Mephisto out with one punch. I thought, and he was like, why do we need the Avengers? <laughs> he's like, I got this. Wow. Yeah, what? Well, one punch. Devil. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, Ross had been for like three issues being terrified of Mephisto. <laughs> and it just comes in and punches him. He's like, oh, I got this. <laughs> I thought that was cool. I, I considered the alley fight where he yeah, lets the too. guy try to stab him. He's like, all right, you get the first shot. Yeah. I won't even do nothing. Yeah, yeah. I thought about that one too. All right. Uh, last award is Best Laugh. And this was a surprisingly funny book. I, I didn't expect that. Um, that I, I don't think that's what Christopher Priest is, is known for, is for being funny. But this is, was a really funny book. So, Sam, what was your best laugh? Uh, it is on page... <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I was looking for it. Page 31. It's the whole page, the whole panel. Just do the whole page, break it down. It shows him <laughs> sitting on the couch, and Ross offers him a fist, so piss. <laughs> you know? It's the whole thing going through. And then yeah. it's like, why they take your pants? All that stuff. It was just really funny. And then at the very end, he says, I sold my soul for a pair of pants. I was wearing the devil's pants. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. That was, that was the same thing I had, the devil's pants. Uh, yeah. I didn't pick that particular page, but yeah, that was great with Mephisto just sitting there with the skulls and stuff on this by his feet. Uh, I, like, I, I liked when he tried to try to take them off. There was just like another pair of pants, and he pulled off as another pair of pants, and he just kept trying to get them off. So, and I'm glad they referenced the pants throughout like three or four of the issues. They kept coming back to the devil's pants, and it's every time, man, I got a kick out of it. Yeah, I, I went with the specific devil's pants <laughs> panel for my my best laugh. It's the uh, uh, panel four on page seventy nine. It's that huge pile of pants you're trying to take off, and there's just more pants underneath. <laughs> It's about like 30 to 40 pairs of pants there. Just piled up <laughs> around his legs. Because <laughs> you got to think, he's sitting there trying to take them off in front of Mephisto. And he's like, Mephisto just keeps like, nope, there's another pair. There's another pair. And he just yeah. kept trying to take them off. Yeah, that was good. Funny. You know what? I could even order some pizza, he says. <laughs> All right, guys. You want to cast this thing? Let's do it. All right, uh, so the first one, and obvious one, is Black Panther, and we've decided to make an exception to our rules. Um, at some point in the far distant future, they will probably recast T'Challa as the Black Panther because we've rebooted everything. There's been like 47 Spider-Man at this point. Um, but we're not we're not there yet, and so I, we're just going to make an exception, and I'm casting Chadwick Boseman, and I think um, we're all just casting Chadwick Boseman. Nobody else is allowed to be Black Panther for a long time. Forever. Correct. Yeah. Uh, um, they abs. I mean, 
Feige, whoever was in charge of that, nailed that. I mean, he he was the perfect guy to play, especially this from this book. He's the perfect T'Challa. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's a one-time exception. All right. <laughs> uh, next is Ross, and I've got the perfect one. I, I've got a backup current day one, but, but there's a time machine one that is absolutely perfect, and you're just all going to agree with me. I know you will. Michael J. Fox. That's who I thought they was drawing for the longest time. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. Uh, now, but if I had to do a modern day one, I'd go with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think he'd do a pretty good job with this one. But yeah. Michael J. Fox is Everett K. Ross. Yep. It's funny, you talk about time machines. Get him from Back to the Future. All you gotta do. <laughs> he's got a time Absolutely. machine. Yeah, he's got a time yeah. machine. Yeah. Just borrow his own, his own DeLorean. Um, <laughs> all right, Sam, who's your Ross? Right, so, <clears throat> I thought about Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt, too. But I ain't settled with, I don't know why, but I wanted Ed Norton to play Ross. I think I can do that weird, funny kind of character. Just being a little different, you know. I think Ed would be good there. I just don't think he's likable enough. I think he could be. I mean, he's a really good actor. He just normally, you know, <clears throat> he plays with sort of an off-putting character. I mean, yeah. that's what he's really good at. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Hey, but he, he does look the part for sure. He does. Look, he looks the part. And I, I kept flashing back to Fight Club for some reason. Well, he was yeah. the storytelling with it and all that stuff. Ooh, you know, it just occurred to me. Uh, Josh, tell me yours. I don't want to steal your thunder in case it's who you were going to say. Who, who probably got? not, but uh, I, I got Neil Patrick Harris. Think of Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I was getting too. from yeah. him. Yeah, I was like, just. Kind of over the top, kind of out there, high energy yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, Wait I thought he would it. be fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I bet uh, James McAvoy would be good at it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd be good at anything. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, Sam Achebe, who you got? So this is one I had the most difficult time with. And I've got a character I want to say, but I'm not going to. And the guy I really went with was Don Cheadle. I think he can do the 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 Weasley kind of backstabbing character, you know, whatever. I'd like to see him do something like that because he's always been a really good actor. I want to see him try to do something a little different. I can roll uh, with that. Yeah, not bad, Josh. Uh, I went with Lance Reddick. You'll know him as the uh, guy that works the counter in the John Wick movies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's good. Uh, he was, I think, he was in Oz and a couple other things. That's not bad. I, I, I was pretty happy with that. I thought he would do a good job at that. Okay, I'm not sure. There. I'm not sure I'm saying this guy's name right, um, but I think he's the right answer. Um, Mahershala Ali. He played Cottonmouth on Luke Cage. He was in Green Book. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think Cottonmouth. Yeah, he's from the first season. Yeah. Yeah. That, Got the big when the show was face. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when the show was good. But one, mm-hmm. one, once. Um, what happens to him happens to him, and he leaves the show. It, it just, but he was he was such like this looming, intimidating bad guy mm-hmm. for that first half of that first season of Luke Cage. That I, I think if we cast him as a Chebe, it's sort of tailored it to his strengths as an actor. He'd be a more believable character. Yeah, yeah. Could, but, and I could really I could believe Mahershala Ali taking over stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All, all right, right. Uh, all right, Mephisto. Josh, who you got? 
Mephisto. I'm casting more for just a voice actor because I'm assuming we're CGI in this. Uh, but I'm thinking uh, Ving Rhames. That would be a really good one. That's I think good he one. would do good with that. Yeah. All right. Well, I wanted to give James Earl Jones one last bit of voice work. And I oh, think. As, yeah. yeah, but you notice how as he's gotten older. You remember in the um, in the last. Uh, Star Wars movie, he did the voice of Vader. It was a little raspier. You could tell he's gotten older. I think that kind of like, extra rasp he's got now would really work for Mephisto. Yeah. Y'all didn't yeah, help me good. at all. I've got three names wrote down here. <laughs> I've got one I really want to say, but after I wrote it down, I realized he's already played the devil kind of character. I wanted to say Tim Curry from mm-hmm. Legend. He done so good at that, but, so I can't say that guy. Then I got narrowed down to two. So I'm going to go call it right now. I'm going to say Mark Hamill. He is an amazing voice actor. And I based this pick on his voice he done for Spider-Man. He done uh, a bad guy called uh, Nightmare in Spider-Man cartoon. Mm. And I could see him using that voice for Mephisto. I'm going to throw in there, Jamie, before we move on. Just because I had a backup that I thought would be maybe a different take on it. But I was thinking maybe Hugo Weaving. Mm. I thought he would he would put a different kind of spin on it. Yeah, that's not what I was picturing. No. Yeah, I wasn't. Either. I was I was seeing yeah. two different ways. I think you could go about that. Just wanted to right. throw that out there. Well, our next one is Zuri. Um, <laughs> you're gonna laugh at me who I picked, but so I mean, what Zuri is in this story is he's silly but huge and intimidating at the same time. So I went with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. My man, that's the right answer. Who I want. All right. Answer. <laughs> as soon as I started seeing this, like, well, I know we're casting this guy. I know who I'm picking. <laughs> that is the perfect answer. All right, Josh, did you have somebody different? Well, I had I had two wrote down. And I was hoping somebody would say Dwayne Johnson, so I didn't have to. Uh, but yeah, I had a, uh, another runner up, uh, Kevin Grievous. He played one of the Lycans in Underworld. He's a, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He wrote uh, and produced I Frankenstein. <clears throat> Big dude. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's got yeah. a real big voice. Yeah. yeah, real big muscular guy. He writes comics, too. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a comic writer. Mm-hmm. I thought he would be a cool backdrop to Black Panther. Yeah. Not bad. All right, Sam, last but not least, we've got Nikki. All right. Well, oop. I got two on this one, too. All right, calling right now. Catherine Winnick, I think that's her name. She's from Vikings, TV show Vikings. The the blonde one with mm-hmm. the yeah okay yeah 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 it's not bad I, I think because uh, she got attitude she's Ross's boss I mean there's a lot of stuff going on there and when she talks to him like yeah that's who I want to be there might be too much going on there yeah <laughs> <laughs> you referring to naked banjo time <laughs> <laughs> perhaps yeah Josh is your Nikki so since I've got Neil Patrick Harris's Ross I'm thinking Sarah Michelle Geller would be a good backdrop for him. I think they would play off each other. Pretty. I think that would be entertaining to watch them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just, I picture that commercial. Where she's selling like dish soap. Like, yeah, have yeah. you seen that one? No. <laughs> I, I don't think I've saw that one. Oh, yeah. Well, her and Freddie Prince Jr. Are, anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, so um, I'm, my, this one might be a slight time machine. Maybe not. Um, we'll see. Uh, I'm going Jillian Anderson. Scully from the X-Files. Yes, I know you're talking about, yeah. 
she's um, she's Yeah. Uh, I she I mean she don't, wouldn't look that much older uh, now than um, some of the guys we cast for Ross. I think she's supposed where she where she's his superior. I think she's supposed to be a little bit older than him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're I mean if, if you're casting Ed Norton, then Julian Harris is right in that age range. Yeah. Like those yeah. So it would still work. Alright. So I think Ed Norton's a good answer. I'll stand behind that one for a while. I just I just find I've heard I think I've maybe have heard too many stories of how big his Erky is. Well, he's a good actor. <laughs> oh anyway, I think that was that that's actually after I read the first issue, I thought we might be in trouble. But this turned out to be a lot more fun. Yeah, I was, I was hoping it got better. I'm saying, but I read that first one. I was like, oh, man, I hate to have to give this like a terrible grade. But yeah, yeah. It definitely. It, it picked up. Because yeah. the reason we picked this one is, we. I mean, I've heard like for years that Christopher Priest is the best guy ever at the Black Panther. Any Black Panther series. So like, well, if we're going to do the tribute, we need to go, we need to go with Priest because he's, you know, he's the one I've always heard is the best. So in that first issue, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Where's this going? Like yeah. yeah. Do you are you, are you do you guys going to finish it? You think you're going to read the whole run? Oh, I probably. Will. Or the whole one will be downloaded? Uh, well, I haven't decided. Um, Sam, you can give me a report card. Okay. But uh, if I didn't have like fifty thousand comic books backlogged, <laughs> I'd be more likely to. Yeah, that's true. I've still got like a hundred issues of like Ultimate Spider-Man left to read. Not your fault. You can dummy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, our next um, episode is one of my picks, and it's uh, Venom by Donny Cates, Volume One: Colon Rex, which is it's an absurd title for <laughs> for a graphic novel. I don't know why the writer's name has to be in the in the title, but um, so I'm going to do the thing that Josh started doing that um, I think works really well. I'm going to I'm going to read the comicsology summary for us here. It's kind of a preview. Are you sure you're going yeah. to read it? I'm not sure I'm going to read it all. I'm having high issues this evening. I'm having trouble keeping them open. Um, here we go. An ancient and primordial evil has been awakened beneath the streets of New York. With it, something equally evil has been awakened in that most wicked of web slingers, Venom. The symbiote may still be a lethal protector of innocence in New York, but its never-before-seen threat could possibly force Venom to relinquish everything it holds dear, including its human host, Eddie Brock. As Eddie and Venom summon the strength to defend New York against the most powerful foe they've ever faced, there's one more thing standing in their way. Miles Morales, Spider-Man. And um, it's a great time. I've, I've already read this. I'm, I'm caught up. I'm, out, I'm reading Venom as it goes. Um, I, I love this series, and this is just, it's a great launching point, and I'd Really looking forward to reviewing this next week with you guys. I'm looking forward to reading it. Me too. All right, well, fellas, I think we're done here. Uh, they're still in the lead. Goodbye, Portugal. Salute. See ya. Good night. Later. <laughs>